Well, this is Michael Allen Cooper, and you've tuned in to the House of Amazing Grace. It's not by chance, it's by design. Amazing so grace. bear with me, and let's see what we can explore. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Out there somewhere is a city. I'm gonna make it my home. Don't you know it's a pity Some people won't be living In the city, in the city, in the city Unlike any other place we've been We must have Jesus as a friend Oh, what a marvelous city are open in the city All day long and there's no night The glory of my Lord Gives all the heat and the light In the city In the city It's a city It's not like New York or L.A. The streets are paved with gold, they say Oh, what a wonderful city Oh, what a heavenly city Well, what a time it has been this world that we live in What a time it will be In that world that we'll soon see The city is a city God's city In the city The city In the city Hello again, and uh, it's been a week, and it seems like it's been a minute. But I'm always aware that any time could be the last time, you know. Uh, we're in a precarious age right now. We don't know when, but we know that uh, eventually here, since the day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day, eventually... The Lord's going to give that shout in the heavens, and we're going to be gone. But today I want to talk to you about something that is referred to throughout the whole Bible, and I'm sure was well thought out before 
anything ever happened. You know, I talked here a while back about Plan A. Plan A was conceived and carried out by the Lord in a way that we can't really imagine. Uh, it's far beyond us. He knew there would be a price to pay someday for what he wanted, and, and uh, he was willing to give that. He paid that price. He came and gave the price. Uh, Leviticus, you know, in the first five books of the Bible, there's Genesis and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and all those uh, Moses wrote, and it refers to the price of redemption. In three different spots in Leviticus, it talks about the redemption of man. Um, and then it gets right with it here uh, uh, as we go along, uh, if you follow along in the New Testament. Uh, in Chronicles, it starts talking about the price that people would pay for certain things. There was a guy named Ornan, and he owned a nice piece of property there. Uh, today, it's uh, in a place called Jerusalem. But back then, it was just a really, really awesome knoll. And uh, David wanted to buy it. Well, Ornan told him, well, I'll just give it to you. And, you know, and David the king says, no. No, I want to pay full price. I will not take what you own and offer it to the Lord. You know, I'm just not going to do that. So he he offered it, uh, he gave him full price for it, and then uh, David built an altar there. Well, eventually uh, we know that uh, the temple was built there. Solomon built the temple there. And so uh, in Job, you know, uh, which is considered to be the oldest book of the Bible, uh, who knows? But anyway, it asks a good question, and we should be asking ourselves questions like this. We should be saying things to ourselves like, well, where is wisdom found, and where is understanding so that I can get that? Well... Uh, Job 28, verse 13 says, exactly, man does not know the price, and it is not found in the land of the living. So the price of wisdom and understanding is not even known by humans. Not fully, anyway. <laughs> the, uh, the depth of it says, it's not in me, the sea says, it's not in me. And it cannot be had by gold or silver or sapphires or diamonds or anything that we know of as value. The price is, of wisdom is above rubies. It's above topaz and diamonds and gold and silver. It's, it's more valuable than anything we can name that is an object on this earth. So where does wisdom come from? Where does the understanding come from? If it's hidden from the eyes of all the living. Uh, you know, we know that people are going to die. There's such a thing as death. We know there's destruction. We see destruction happening all the time, sometimes just by natural means, you know, land or 
whatever is just absolutely destroyed by fire or volcano or earthquake or whatever. And then, of course, man destroys stuff. And so death and destruction have to cry out and say, you know, we've heard of wisdom and understanding, but we don't know anything more than that. But God understands the way of it, and he knows the place where wisdom and understanding is. He, he knows where that's at. He looks to the ends of the earth, and he sees under the whole heavens, he sees all things. He actually can weigh the wind and the water, and he's measured the water. Went back when he was creating, he measured it. He knows exactly how much water there is on this earth. <clears throat> he decreed that there would be rain, and he made a way for it, and he made a way for lightning and thunder. Uh, and then he's seen it and declared it and prepared it. And he searched it out. And then eventually, way back and throughout time and still, he says to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. So do you get that? If you fear the Lord, you begin to get understanding and wisdom. And if you depart from evil, you understand a lot better and better and better. And you grow in it. And you absolutely can learn how to be an understanding and wise person by making the wise decisions that the Lord leads you to. He'll show you your next step, your very next step. Don't go stumbling off into the dark or into the volcanic ruins, you know. Let him show you your next steps. <clears throat> you know, the Lord really hates those who justify the wicked. And uh, not only do they justify the wicked, they actually turn around and condemn those who are trying to be just and good. They condemn them. And this old world, uh, uh, our society has kind of come to a reversal uh, in the last 50 years, especially, where uh, they call evil good and good evil. They actually have reversed it, and, and you see them justifying this and that, and, you know, Oh, we must have understanding. Well, I want understanding, but I don't want to necessarily understand why a man can do things to little children that he should be absolutely cut into pieces and thrown into a cauldron for. I don't get that one. I don't get how people can harm children and use them for sexual objects or, oh, it just makes me sick. I don't even really want to talk anymore about that. But this world is calling good evil and, and evil good. And they're asking you to forbear and, and be okay with it. And understand that, oh, God made me this way. Well, bull crap. He didn't make you that way. The world is trying to change you into that and, and you're allowed. If you're doing that, you need to quit, and you need to quit it forever.
<clears throat> you know, a foolish man will give what he get, has just to get wisdom, but he don't give his heart. You know, literally, you have to give your heart to the Lord totally and with 100% uh, to gain what you really want. You can't get what you want through the world's means. You can't read enough books and you can't study enough. You can't watch enough movies. You can't. There's just no way that you're going to gain what you really want in the world and by what the world offers. You have to give your heart 100%. What I, I, my coaches, I love this, when they used to tell me, I want you guys to give 110%. And you know, that used to hit me like a ton of bricks. And I would say down in my heart, okay, that's what I'll do. I don't know how many other kids were doing that, but I did it. I didn't know nothing about the Lord back then. But I see it now still. The Lord wants me to give 110%. And so, okay, I'll, I'll give 110, 20, 30, 50, 1,000. I'll give it all. Here's a cute little quote in the Bible in Proverbs. <clears throat> Who can find a virtuous woman? You know, I'm lucky I found one. I got a woman. She don't lie. She don't have an eye, roving eye. She don't look. She don't, she's not trying to find nothing or nobody else. She only has eyes for me. And I tell you, I'm a sight for sore eyes sometimes. But you, you know what? She loves me. God prepared her to love me. I love her for it. It says, who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. <laughs> you couldn't trade me all the diamonds and gold and silver and the tea in China and all the rubies in, in the world for my wife. She's been so awesome. I love it when the Bible says things like this. In Isaiah 55, it says, Hey, everyone that's thirsty, come to the waters. He that has no money, come. Come and buy and eat. Buy wine and milk without money and without a price. It's freely given. God has given all. He's ready to give everything he has in this whole universe to us if we will just give him our little bit. And our little bit is our entire heart, but, you know, the dividends on that is, like, unbelievable. So I give my heart, and I give my time, I give my money, I give my hope and all my trust, everything I am and everything I have to the Lord, and boom, the rest of my life, it don't always go easy-peasy, but you know what? I'm always satisfied and always happy that he is in control. He knows the future. He has a way of making sure that everything is going to work out in my walk with him. I'm walking with him so I don't have to worry about getting lost. I'm walking with him so I don't have to worry if I get hungry and die of thirst. So what? He's going to pick me up and feed me in heaven forever. This life is a deceitful mess. You know, Zechariah and Jeremiah both spoke of uh, the price that would be paid for the betrayal of Jesus. Uh, and, you know, hundreds of years before it ever happened. Uh, they Here it is in uh, Zechariah eleven twelve. It says, And they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. But then, of course, you know, old Judas, he changed his mind a little later and uh, 
It talks about it in Matthew where <coughs> the uh, the price paid to Judas for the betrayal of Jesus was 30 pieces of silver. And then he re regretted it and, and he was bummed out because he knew they were going to kill him. So he went and threw the money back down. And of course the chief priests and all that and said, you know what, we can't keep this money. Uh, it's not lawful and you know, we can't put it in the treasury because it's the price of blood. And that's kind of what I'm getting to here today. There was a price. And the price for blood was blood. The, the blood, God said it way back in the Old Testament. For any remission of any sins and evil, there had to be blood shed. I don't understand all that, but God does. And, and if you'll just take it by faith and say, okay, well, look, and the only way for this to work out, plan A, was for God himself to shed his own blood in our behalf. That was the acceptable thing that had to happen. We don't understand it all. I agree. It's a mystery. But let me tell you this, folks. It had to happen. It had to happen. And it happened. So the chief priests, you know, they took that money and they bought what they call the potter's field to bury indigent strangers in there. And so it was named the Field of Blood. And then, of course, back in Zechariah, it even says, and then it was cast into the potter's field. Wow. Well, how'd they know that, know that so many hundreds of years before that? You know, you're bought with a price. And the price was high. It was Jesus' blood. And Jesus was God. So don't be servants of men. Abide with God. <clears throat> he doesn't expect you to have any outward adorning and pretty hair and pretty nose rings and tattoos. And he doesn't expect you to dress the best of anybody in the whole place. And he doesn't expect you to wear the nicest shoes and the nicest ties and drive the nicest car. He, that outward adorning doesn't pull no weight with God. And Peter, he speaks about that. Uh, in Peter 3, 4, it says, Don't have outward adorning. Let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the spirit of God, the God of great price. You know, God is a, a great price. It's like the guy in the other parable Jesus talked about, you know, he, he found this giant pearl that was like bigger than a building. It was buried in a, you know, he was digging around, I guess, and he found that, and he went and asked, well, who owns that field there, you know, and he didn't really tell everybody uh, he found a pearl of great price, but he, he said, I want to buy that field. And so they sold it to him at the normal price. And then, of course, he went and he dug up that pearl of great price and he spent everything he had to dig that up and have the greatest pearl on earth. That's what I have. That's what you have. We have the greatest, biggest, most valuable pearl on all the earth and universe when we have the Lord God Almighty. He's, he's the biggest, best diamond you could ever hope for.
These shine forever. Bring us great riches. I don't care about the riches. I really don't. I don't want riches. I don't do this for money. Uh, you couldn't pay me enough. I do it because I love you. So the price was set a long time ago. Uh, to my understanding, it was said something like this. What's it going to take for you to you know, leave my people alone and be satisfied that I can take these people and have the right to? Well, the answer from the evil one was something like this. Every drop of your blood. And nothing else needed to be said. At the proper time, at the right time and place, God implemented his plan and he came to earth as a baby. It couldn't be totally hidden. Wise men came. Angel choruses came down and sang to shepherds. It was like a little bit of a disturbance going on. It was like, I bring you good tidings of great cheer. For unto us a Savior is born this day in Bethlehem. You know, it's all true. That Savior was born in Bethlehem to us, and a couple thousand years later, we still sing to the Savior that was born in Bethlehem. And he grew up, and he showed us the price. He showed us the Father, the miracles that could happen. He showed us the peace of mind that we could have if we will just turn and look. It's getting late. We're late in the season. The season's almost over. Don't try to raise the ante now. Don't try to place our ultimatum on God. And don't put ultimatums where they shouldn't be and demand signs that were already given. The signs were already given. He raised the dead. He caused the blind to see. He's, he stopped all kinds of diseases. He healed leprosy, which was incurable. Yeah, it's curable now. Man has come a long ways in medicine. It's pretty cool, isn't it? But let me tell you what. To cure leprosy, back then, which, you know, we think of that as the Stone Ages, but then people weren't stupid. They were smart people. There was no stone ages. Adam was smart. He named all the animals. He had an intelligence probably way beyond ours because he was in the presence of God. He could think a lot more clear and a lot better than we could. Because we haven't seen God. We see his handiwork. I look up in the stars and I say, wow. You know, I just found out today, I was looking through some scientific stuff and they found a new... Well, it's not new. <laughs> they just discovered what they consider to be one of the first galaxies ever. And it's clear out on the outside reaches of what they call the known universe. And we can't know where it ends because it doesn't end. But it has more energy and it has more uh, attributes than they could have ever figured anything could have. And now they're having to rethink and they're reevaluating 
how they're seeing all this. This universe is a marvel. It's a, it's a mystery. And it's going to continue to mystify us until we stand there or sit down and the Lord explains everything to us and shows us how it all is. We just see through a glass darkly. It's like looking through a really tight screen. And you can kind of see over there, you know. And then I, it's not very clear. I know there's movement. I know I see something. But <clears throat> not sure about it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed.
am sure of this one thing. God has demonstrated his love for us so that we know that we know that we know because he laid down his life for us before we were ever born on this earth. He did it at a time where it could happen. I'm just glad it's, it's a, a simple plan. I, it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. I don't even have to figure it out. I just have to say yes. I know for sure. Okay, and I know for sure. Yeah. Say yes. That's what you got to do. Tell him. If you're still not sure, but you want to be sure, get your Bible out and start reading. Start in the book of John. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke and John. John is one of the better uh, authors because he was the one that hung out with Jesus really the longest. He was with him, you know, the most. He was the first dis disciple. And he... Uh, was very loved by Jesus and was close to him at all times. Anyway, he puts it in a way that a regular old guy like us can understand. You'll be able to get it. You'll be able to understand. And after you read the book of John, read it again. And go to Romans and Ephesians and Colossians and, and Corinthians and Thessalonians. Read all them books. Don't worry about Revelations or the Old Testament yet. Just read all them books in the New Testament that are about how to do this. That's what they are. Paul wrote Romans and and uh, the, about ten books after that. And he is the spokesperson for God, for Jesus, to the Gentiles. And me and you are Gentiles. We're not Jews. But if you are a Jew today, read those too. You know, they, he, he addresses the Jews too, Romans especially. Anyway, I love you today, and, and I ask that you'll just take a minute and pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for a time that we have to make us think and realize that there was a great price to be paid and that you paid it. And you didn't balk about it, and you didn't complain about it. Thank you, Lord, for just being so willing to come and pay that price. And you loved us so much that you paid the ultimate with your own blood. And we just thank you and we praise your name. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>